from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Money Movers, welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. This episode is brought to you by MasterCard, bridging the wealth gap together with Greenwood. Our next guest is a professional gamer. Yes, you heard me right. Gamers that professionally play and are recognized and make money doing this. So gone are the days of your parents saying you can't make money through playing games because Bryson is here to tell you otherwise. Money Movers, please welcome to the podcast, Gamer Bryson. Hey, Bryson. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I know this was like a spur of the moment thing and I'm so thankful that you guys decided to have me on the show to talk about gaming and Web3 and what I do in this space, because it's kind of weird, but I think the viewers will love to hear what you can do in gaming and how much money you can actually make. Well, I love this and I'm so excited. Um, Bryson, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got here. You're young. I already know this because we've been friends from the Web3 space, but you're 27 years old. You've made a name for yourself in gaming. And it's actually, especially in our community, I think it's really interesting because I feel like every black parent was like, turn off those games. You can't make money from games. Go and study. And so this is kind of a big ha 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 movement right now because you were actually doing that. You were making money from games. You're educating other people. So tell us how you got here. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, luckily growing up, my parents weren't like opposed to the whole video gaming fray and frenzy. And I've been like a gaming addict for my entire life. So like as a kid, my mom and my dad would you know, they'd take me to gaming events like up and down the East Coast because I used to play Madden competitively. 
I was like wow. eight, nine, ten years old, and uh, they just really believed in gaming. And of course, you know, I, I did well in school, so they were fine letting me go off and do yeah. pretty much whatever I wanted. But I mean, sometimes I would stay up from like, you know, the time that they got home from work until the time that they got woke up the next day and went to work again, I would still be gaming. So I've been gaming for a long time. Wow. Okay, but that's really interesting that your parents were so cool. But I think the thing also that you said is like, I still did well in school. They just kind of let yeah. you had your reign. So you were playing Madden competitively from eight or nine years old. And how did you, like, what makes you great at being a gamer? Well, the interesting thing is uh, like before you had to actually be like one of the top, top players in these games to make money. Um, and recently within like the last year, year and a half, I found the Web3 gaming space where people actually make money as a byproduct of playing the games. And you don't even have to be the best in the world. You can just be an ordinary gamer and you can make money. So it was kind of weird when I dove into this space and realized that there was all these business opportunities to do this full time. And that's when I kind of started really building a following it beforehand, like the gaming and like the Web2 ecosystem of like the Maddens and Call yeah. of Duties it's very much predicated and focused on you have to be like top 0.1% to actually make money versus the NFT gaming and Web3 gaming space. You can just be an average Joe, but if you are a little bit business savvy and you're willing to like jump in and, and dive into these ecosystems, you can make money. Okay, see, this is exactly what I love because, you know, we, we've we met because of the Web3 sort of world and ecosystem yeah. and you were sort of talking about how different Web2 and Web3 is. So Web2, we always talk about it to our audience, it's like those static games where you had to be, it's like trying to get into the draft or the NFL, the yeah. top one or two percent in these, you know, um, virtual video games like Madden, yeah. et cetera. Web3 is different. And the opportunity of Web3 that I speak about so much here in terms of not just gaming, but NFTs is different because it allows all of us to sort of be creators. It allows all of us to participate in these huge economic resources that Web3 yeah. is providing. So talk about gaming in the Web3 world and why it's a bit different. So to kind of give you guys a sense of how like it works and why the differentiator is there, like when I jumped into Web3 gaming, you know, it was literally about 365 days ago. I kind of didn't have really any clue about NFTs or crypto wallets or any of that. I was just a gamer and I found a game that I thought was like quite interesting called Axie. And in the game, you can actually battle them like Pokemon and you earn cryptocurrency for every win that you have in the arena. Now, like on a small scale, like think about it from the perspective of if you're a kid playing a game like this and you're earning crypto every day from, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old into the time that you graduate from high school, yeah. you've probably made a, a fair amount of money in crypto, whether you want to start a business or use it to fund your tuition or, you know, find other business opportunities in between. But like for myself, just playing the game and buying and reselling the NFT assets in the game and also Twitch streaming and all these things, I was clearing like you know, twelve, thirteen thousand dollars a month, like what? two, three months into the gaming space. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay, so I don't have children, but I'm gonna close my eyes and wish that I just have these <laughs> little crypto generating machines at home playing video games, like yeah. little Keeblerels making twelve thousand dollars a month. Yeah, That's cool. and I had friends who were doing even crazier numbers. I had one guy uh, he, who actually got me into the space and taught me these things. He was making fifty to seventy grand a month. Uh, just buying and selling these assets. He didn't even play the game. He just bought the NFT assets that go into the game and just would resell them. So he was actually flipping NFTs and video games and made enough for him to like do a million dollars worth in a year and then like completely give it up. So he went completely like chill. He's off doing his own thing now and living like his ordinary college life. And this dude was like 19 years old. He did wow. that in a year. Yeah. Okay, so 
I'm loving this because this is so unique and this is just such an interesting way to do it. And you tell your story, you're like, okay, I, I liked video games, I got it, but I didn't know anything about Web3 or crypto, etc. So yeah. you had someone who sort of walked you into it. Can you walk our audience in? Like, what do I need? What does this mean? And how do I start just making these, you know, small bits of crypto money? Yeah, for sure. So like in a lot of these ecosystems, you have to one, have a crypto wallet and the onboarding processes are incredibly painful because you have to have a Coinbase or some other brokerage account and buy, you know, cryptocurrency and then send it to your wallet so you can buy these NFTs. But one thing that we're seeing now is these games and their onboarding systems are getting much easier to yes. kind of integrate into, which makes it easier for players to play certain games. Uh, now, one thing that I will say is my journey is a little bit different than like the average gamer because I had a business acumen. Mm -hmm. And when you're coming into the space, you have to look at everything as one, you're playing these games for fun, but you are investing your own money into these games. Yeah. So when I jumped in, the focus was, okay, we have these assets. And if people can play these games and earn money, what is the next step? So mm -hmm. what we saw was that there was this insane model for actually lending expensive NFT assets to other gamers and having those gamers play and you taking a small percentage of the things or percentages that they earn in the game. So what we did was we created a, uh, a guild, which is like a Web3 gaming organization. Okay. And pretty much we purchased assets at scale and we started lending them out to gamers in developing nations. And what if I told what? you these games were making like five times the average wage in their country playing video games for like a couple hours a day? Wow. Yeah. How, I mean, that is so entrepreneurial. And what I love about it, it's young, it's youth. Like, you know, these are yeah. the things, and our audience is so diverse. You know, there's people who listen to around who are 87 and live through <laughs> all these different things. But, you know, this is really incredible. So, you guys are young entrepreneurs. You decided to buy these incredibly expensive assets as a group. So, you all put your money together, and then yeah. you have folks in developing countries who are just out there using it and generating income based on those assets? Yeah, we have people in Asia that live in places like the Philippines that are earning you know, substantially higher than their average wage playing these games. We have people in Africa playing, people in Latin American countries and in South America. And um, it got so big to the point to where we realized, yo, we can take this and, and actually like raise money. So we raised a, a seed round with one of the biggest crypto firms in the space back in December at a $35 million valuation. And then like within a year, I go from playing video games like for fun to now operating a company where we, we lend assets and we create consumer technology for Web3 organizations. Uh, and yeah, we're building our own little startup in a sense. Wow, this is incredible. You know what I love about this so much? It's like when people talk about, you know, I'm just doing something I love and the money will follow. Like yeah. everybody always <laughs> says that quite annoying phrase, but this is literally the epitome of doing something that you love. The money followed because you created a business because other people really love this industry. Yeah, and it's it's so new to where we see people jump in all the time and they find different ways to participate. Like for example, you know, another Web3 thing is just the NFT scene in general outside mm -hmm. of gaming. You know, owning like a board ape got me a $40,000 airdrop uh, a week ago. Where okay, I let's talk about just... that because, you know, we're a couple weeks out and last week, um, Board Ape Yacht Club, which is probably the most notorious NFT project to have launched in history. And if you guys were paying attention on Twitter last week, they launched ApeCoin. Can you just um, walk our audience through that? Because I, I don't want to gloss over. It's a big deal. And I think you're our first or maybe our second Board Ape Yacht Club holder on the on the podcast. So nice. welcome. Yeah, so to kind of touch about like how the system works, all of these NFTs are being built by these Web3 organizations called DAOs. 
And most of the time, I, just like any other organization, and you see these crypto tokens, a lot of these Web3 based companies want to launch their own tokens. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they do these airdrops, which are pretty much gifts to reward those who are continuous, like con high conviction holders of these assets. And a lot of the times, especially when you have a project like Board Ape Yacht Club, they can get incredibly lucrative. Yeah. You know, last week, the one from Board Ape Yacht Club netted me 40 grand for just buying the asset and holding it. So I, an I, asset that I spent- It blows my mind. So you yeah. basically bought an NFT. It's a really cute picture of this cool ape. You know, you bought, yeah. how, how, what price do you know? Do you remember what price you bought into the project at? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit late to the party. So I bought mine at, a, it cost me about 60 grand when I bought it. So, okay, you spent 60, uh, that's actually a good price to buy yeah. in at if, if, you know, I know a lot of people are here, I can't even understand it. You spent 60 grand to yeah. buy a JPEG, right? But you got yeah. in pretty early because now the, I think the lowest price you can buy into this NFT project is, I think they're 150,000 now, are they more, are they 200? Oh, I think they're like, now they're 300K. But if you look at the fact that, you know, they're giving out these airdrops just from owning the asset, you can make more than your value back. I know this one guy named Franklin, he owns about uh, 41 board apes and he got about, I think it was $4 million for his airdrop. Like this is real for, money. You, got you know, I don't want people to be, yeah. This is not, yeah. we're talking about like cryptocurrency that's just in this guide is a cryptocurrency, but there's value to this that converts absolutely to US dollars. So I want people to understand when he's talking about somebody owns 41 JPEGs in the board ape group yeah. and he was just, and, and the word airdrop to me is so magical because it's exactly that. It just magically appears in your crypto wallet, has value, and you can cash out at $4 million. Yeah, and it's, it's insane to think that where the world is going, and I see the music space now with their really cool visionaries, this lady named Latasha who creates music videos. She's making music videos and selling the music videos for Ethereum, and one of her sold for, like, I think it was like 50 grand or something. And it's like, if you look at the Web2 world, who do you know that's like a, an underground artist can just drop a music video and sell it and crowdfund their entire, in a sense, musical brand? Like this is where the future is going. Yes. So it's not just gaming and, yeah. and culture, but in music and all of this being at the forefront uh, of these changes in Web3 and how money is passing from hand to hand in this new ecosystem. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is incredible. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have a, one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so you have created this guild. You've created a Web3 startup company. Please tell me the name again. Yeah, uh, it's called Loot Squad. Loot, Loot Squad. Yeah, like, give me like loot. looting in a game, yeah. Love it. Okay. <laughs> and you also have created quite a name for yourself on Twitch, YouTube as well. Can you tell me how this factors in and how does that actually make you money? Because everyone thinks they're going to make money on these social media platforms, but you've really done it. Yeah. So I think a lot of people jump into these, these ecosystems, but they don't really take time to build their brand. Uh, and I realized very early on that there weren't that many people streaming and creating content for these Web3 and NFT games. So it made it much easier as a founder for me to go and raise money once uh, all of these different VCs realized, yo, he is pretty much the leader in the space. And most people look at me as like, you know, the leader in Web3 gaming. So uh, a lot of the rooms you get to walk into a lot easier. The games actually come to me and want to do different integrations and content pieces. Yeah. I normally turn down uh, any promotional stuff from video games because I do incredibly well based on my own brand. But Having a brand in Web3 this early on can change the way you make money in the future. Because if I wanted to go drop a newsletter and charge a monthly subscription fee to give people information about games coming out, I could probably do that and do incredibly well. It's like you start opening and creating money-making opportunities just because you put the time, energy, and effort in to cultivate a transparent and positive brand that other people can align themselves with. Oh, Bryson. And this is why it's so important for me to talk about Web3 and the unlimited opportunities because 
everyone says, oh, it's so early, it's so early. Yeah. This is where the magic happens. This is where you can create a brand for yourself, create a name, and it only goes up from here. How have you found it has been, because you know, with Web3, the metaverse, there's this concept of like, we're anonymous, we can yeah. be represented as an avatar, or we can come as ourselves. And as a black man in this space, um, do you find that has helped you, it's been advantageous, or it actually may not matter? Well, I think that it matters because by default, and most people that are in Web3, you know, for all instances and purposes, are sitting behind profile pictures. They're pretty weird individuals uh, and, and everything in between and nothing against them. But you need to be able to culturally transition between Web2 and Web3. And being mm -hmm. Black, having a sense like a background in like streetwear, music, culture and understanding like where I feel in terms of my own personal self-worth, it made it much easier to traverse these lines. There aren't many people in the space that look like me, but yeah. my goal is to like change that and get more people into the space so they know that this is a space where they can write the next few chapters of history in terms of crypto. We're always late to the party, but it's like when we get in the party, we're at the forefront of culture and how that party is being represented. Like if you think about it right now, I'm I can count on my hand how many black Web3 gamers I know yeah. in this current standpoint, but five, 10, 15 years from now, the people who aren't in Web3 gaming that are Black could be the ones that are running this entire space. And I do think that there is a world where people that don't look like me probably like envious of like what I build and like, oh, you know, Absolutely. he doesn't look like one of us. And it's cool for me because I'm like, yo, I'm not hiding behind a profile pic. You're going to see who I am every single day. And sometimes it's actually a negative mm -hmm. because everyone has all these profile pics. I'm the one showing my true face and transparency. So when people see Web3 gaming, they see Bryce. They don't see somebody who has an ape or some other profile pic. Right. They see somebody who's straight out in the open. So it is tough sometimes, but I do my best to just try to onboard as many people as I can that do look like me. That's great. And I love, and you know, I think that it's, it's interesting for you know people of color, black people in particular, this idea of like having this representation, it means a lot. Yeah. You know, having yourself on this podcast, having, you know, some young kid who's like, Mom, look at this guy. Like he yeah. looks like me. It's real. You know, that goes a lot in our community. And I don't know if I'm if I'm gonna get into trouble for saying this, but yeah, like the white guys that have changed their profile picture to, you know, a bored ape, et cetera, that really just means I have a lot of money. Yeah. They don't need it. But for <laughs> us to stand up and show your face, like I, I appreciate that a lot. I think it's it's incredibly respectful and almost, you know, it's really changing the game as well. And and I've like always kind of had this whole mindset, like when I hopped into the space and I've gotten, you know, hate from people behind these profile pics because of the whole anonymity thing. And I just take the whole approach of they hated Serena too, and look what she did. Uh, did I want to. They still you know, hate her. <laughs> yeah, they still hate her, and they can't stop her. And yep. I'm not going to stop, and I'm not going to stop bringing people into the space. But at the end of the day, we move culture, we yeah. shape where this world goes. I mean, it's the same reason why you see people try to align themselves with Kanye even when he's off the rails, because <laughs> at the end of the day, he's creating culture, and people can't stop that. And everything that we do is so culturally relevant people want to gravitate to us. And it's nothing against anybody else and what they're doing, but it's like, at the end of the day, everybody know where the culture shakes. Yep. And I'm just happy to be a part of it. Yeah, I love it. Bringing the culture. Okay, so a couple last questions before we close out. What is your advice yeah. to young gamers, or maybe not even young gamers? What is, you know, we have some people on here who might be from the old school <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons who want to enter into Web3. What's your advice for anyone who wants to try and dabble their foot into the Web3 waters of gaming? How do they start? 
So I would say the first thing is you got to get an Ethereum wallet, like you got to get a MetaMask wallet so you can at least at the very minimum, like start participating in these ecosystems. And then two, start connecting with the content creators that are launching and creating content around the gaming space and education space, because that's how you'll be able to stay away from like the potential scams and pitfalls that are in the space. Because for the, you know, the hundred good projects, there are thousands of bad ones and people lose money every single day. And I try to preface that because for a lot of people, like when I jumped into the space, I took my entire savings. I had 10 grand. I took it and just went on the gamble that this was going to work. But for a lot of people, they can't afford to just take right. you know big right. chunks of money and jump in. So I would just say do proper education on crypto first okay. and then co- align with the creators that are creating very transparent content around these games and then dive in, like take your time. A lot of the games aren't that good right now, but when you do find the ones that you do align with, it's a space where you'll find community and folks that think like you and ultimately uh, you'll find where you feel like you belong. So, you know, it's interesting for the same thing about getting into NFTs as well. I usually direct yeah. a lot of people to like start a Twitter. You know, you can use the Twitter you have. You could start a new Twitter if you wanted. Yeah. But like Twitter's a great place to really feel the buzz and energy of what's happening in Web3. People are tweeting different projects. And, you know, I've found it's different because old school Twitter for Web2, you just followed like very select people. And yeah. I think, you know, blue checks meant a lot. You know, I think Twitter's changing right now, especially in this Web3 world. You can follow tons of people who have really smart things to say. They can tell you about different projects. Don't let the blue check fool you. That doesn't necessarily mean everything. Yep. And then from there, like you say, pick projects that you like and join their discords. I think that's another thing that's really new to this industry. Like join the discord, join in the conversations. And for gamers, I think that's existed for a long time for regular (laughs) people or muggles, like I call us. Like, you know, I wasn't gonna be hanging out in a discord for an hour, but now I'm in a discord. I'm having conversations with people that you say are probably on the other side of the world. Yeah, and it's just, it's insane how (laughs) quickly things can take off. Like. Don't be the person who puts yourself in such a box that you don't feel like you can change or try new things. Because, I mean, I've failed at five, probably five to 10 different things before I actually jumped into the Web3 and gaming yeah. space and found where I truly belong. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Lastly, as we leave, tell us, you know, you talked a lot, a lot about the pitfalls of Web3. Maybe you could lose money. And, you know, I have a love-hate relationship when people share these things, especially about yeah. Web3, because I think it's almost a little bit of gatekeeping. If we keep telling everyone it's so scary and it's a scam and this, it means people like us are like, oh, I'm staying out. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, but I do want us to leave. If you have some last parting advice on, you know, what to be wary of as you enter into the Web3 space, any mistakes maybe that you've made that have ended up being quite costly? Oh man, so I would say the biggest thing is continue to do your own research on projects. And by that, I mean, even if someone gives you a recommendation, try to get a good under, a good sense of what their motivations are. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the times in the space, what we currently see is people will kind of, in a sense, pump their own bags or promote projects that they're associated with so that they can you know, see the upside. Yeah. And then the newcomer becomes exit liquidity for that person that's just trying to, you know, chill or try to create hype around their project. So make sure you take a very open-ended approach to your research. And 
I do this. There's a site called NFT Calendar where you can see all the new NFTs coming out. I like to look at it from time to time. Jumping into discords and actually looking for genuine community. If you see people shilling giveaways 24-7, it's probably a red flag and, and, and an NFT community you want to stay away from. Yeah. But I think for the most part, Web3 is more good than bad. And if you start now, even with a small amount, just go on OpenSea. It doesn't matter what you buy. Just buy an NFT because you think it looks really cool and just see it in your wallet. And yeah. don't spend any more than like 20, 30, 40 bucks. Just buy something that's cool and cute. And you're just going to learn about the process so much. Yeah. And then hopefully you jump into that discord and you start seeing what that community looks like. And you can learn more about what you truly like and dislike. And it'll help you along your journey. Oh, Bryson, this was really great. Thank you so much. All right. Can you tell our audience here where they can find you on social media, where they can follow you? We want to know everything from your YouTubes to your Twitches to your this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to overshow myself, but uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bryson underscore and just Bryson on Instagram as well as Twitter and I mean, Twitch and YouTube. Uh, and just thank you so much for having me on the show to talk about this, because I don't get to chat in many podcast formats and and give my truest thoughts on like how the space is being cultivated, yeah. especially anytime I can help our people kind of grow a little bit in the space. It's, it's truly thankful. Well, we'd love to have you back. I know this space moves so fast. So the conversation we had today, this podcast will air and maybe five months down the line, it's a whole new world. Um, so we'll definitely love to have you back. Best of luck to you. And I hope that, you know, your story inspires so many around us to get gaming and actually realize you can make a very, very lucrative living <laughs> um, in Web3 in the gaming world and good luck on your startup. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bryson. All right, Money Movers, that's all the time we have for today, but make sure to follow Bryson on all his social media handles. And if we helped you make your money move, please make sure to let us know by sending us a like, sharing the knowledge on your social, and or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to tune in Monday through Friday and subscribe to the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood so that you too can have the keys to financial freedom you so rightly deserve. Thank you so much for tuning in, Money Moves audience. If you want more or a recap of this episode, please go to thebankgreenwood.com and check out the Money Moves podcast blog. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.